It's time for the No Huddle Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast, where we bring quick-hitting facts and stats to put you over the top in your Dynasty League. Now, over to your host, Dynasty Mark. On today's show, I'm going to wrap up our Draft Prospect Deep Dive and put a nice bow on it with the tight end position. So we'll go over three prospects out of this position group. The first of which is widely considered as the top tight end prospect in this class, and that's Michael Mayer. He finishes his career at Notre Dame with a stat line uh, for 2022 season, 67 receptions, 809 receiving yards, nine touchdowns at an average of 12.075. So um, pretty solid weapon on the offensive side. Just a couple of notes on him. Um, so he's pro. He's a pro-ready tight end prospect. Um, he's poised to be an impact player at the NFL level. Um, he's been highly productive throughout the course of his career at Notre Dame and um, pairs size, ball skills, physicality, and he's got surprising versatility um, to give him a, a, an overall package, um, make him the overall package, sorry, to, at, um, to any NFL team if they're – I guess if they're in need of that um, expect Mayer to be ahead of the curve as far as tight ends. So typically there's an acclimation process for that position. Um, it used to be wide receivers would take three years as a rule um, general generalized, obviously, but um, there is a certain amount of acclimation for tight ends because of um, how versatile the position is. They do have to play in the run game, probably more so, or obviously more so than wide receivers because um, they do play on the line of scrimmage. Um, but then obviously you've got the route running, you've got um, all the different concepts that come into that position. Um, his hands and ability to catch the ball um, in traffic uh, are what you see immediately when you watch his tape. So um, some really strong highlight highlights um, if you look him up. Um, it's got soft hands, excellent ball skills, showcases firm concentration on passes over the middle of the field, um, whether he's running stick routes from three by one or spot routes over the ball, um, even working the sideline. So he's had a really good um, sample of, of different routes. So that's what makes him such a strong prospect is you've actually seen him do a little bit of everything um, and at a high level. Um, he effortlessly catches the ball um, away from his frame, offering reliable catch radius. Hands, the hands are paired with graceful body control, both in adjusting um, to bad throws uh, that test the catch radius or tight window throws along the sideline. Um, so he, um, there was a really important note here, just in terms of how he was used. He was used as an inline um, a blocking tight end, um, who was also obviously able to to sort of move upfield into that that short sort of five to ten meter from the line of scrimmage over the middle of the field. But he's also lined up out wide as well and can be out isolated on the boundary. That's what makes him so impressive as a as a prospect. There's no one way to use him. He's not going to be pigeonholed into a particular role. He can really fit anything that whatever NFL team drafts him will need him to do. Um, the fear for every football-loving fan is he ends up with Patrick Mahomes 
Um, and then it's just a Kelsey and him one-two punch for the next you know, 10, 15 years. Obviously, if you're a Kansas City, Kansas City fan, you'd love that to happen. Um, like a lot of top-end tight ends, they're all given the baby Gronk nickname. I actually think this fits really well because of how strong he is as a blocker. You look at tight ends that have come out in recent years and they they really lack that dynamic in the run game. They're excellent receivers. You think of guys like Mike Kosicki, um, I think Dallas Goddard and Mark Andrews, really, really great receiving tight ends, but they don't play the run game as well as what, who is widely regarded as maybe one of the best ever tight ends um, in Rob Gronkowski. So that's an exciting thing for, for Mayer that he will be on the field. There's no reason they would take him off the field other than to spell him. Um, there's no scheme where he wouldn't fit. Um, expectations for Mayer are exactly as you'd expect from a tight end discussed as a potential top half of the first round, and that is where he's being mocked. Um, he's going to win both as a blocker and as a receiver. And he should be quickly entrusted um, as a as an outlet for pretty much any quarterback. Um, he would be a really good asset to have if you either have a if you're either drafting a rookie. So if a team has two um, first round picks, you'd almost go like particularly at the top end. If you're drafting a quarterback, you get this guy. Um, excellent weapon for your new quarterback or for a second-year quarterback that's potentially coming off um, maybe not not such a great year. Um, so reasons to buy in, as I said off the top, easily transla- translatable skill set to the NFL. Inline blocking skills will allow for impact both in the run and the pass. Tremendous ball skills um, and contested catchability and mismatched target in the middle of the field. So linebackers aren't going to be able to really cover him um, as well. So if he's facing um, a lot of nickel defense or, um, you know, if, if they bring an extra safety in and is sort of playing the middle of the field, that could be, a, I guess, a bit of a concern because the bigger body and, and the contested catch um, would make him a mismatch against a general, like a general corner. Um, but he's too dynamic for most linebackers. Um, so that, that's really exciting. Reasons for concern, so traditional traditional positional value um, will score on his draft range. So you don't see a lot of tight ends outside um, um, outside of sort of two years ago when there was one taken at six. Um, not the most dynamic player in the passing game, more of a possession receiver. So you're not going to see a lot of rack from him, uh, run after catch. Tight ends typically require extended runway upon NFL transition to maximize potential. I think that one's mitigated as as we've gone through in the notes. He's um, he's got the skill set to make it work. Um, you just hope that he goes to an offense that's going to utilize that. Um, ideal role is inline tight end. Scheme fit. He's scheme transcendent, as we said. It, it doesn't really matter. He can do a bit of everything. So um, he's pretty safe if you if you need a tight end and. To give him a comparison, it was an interesting one on the Draft Network website. They gave him Jason Witten, who um, he's not who you'd, uh, well, who I would immediately think of as a top end tight end. You know, you immediately go Gronk or or Travis Kelsey or George Kittle or, or those those type. Jason Witten was a great tight end um, when he was playing, so um, I think that's a great comparison. 
Um, for me personally, he is by far the top tight end in this class. If you were in need of a tight end for your dynasty team, he is almost someone that you could almost plug and play. I would imagine he'll be playing from snap one. So um, if you've got a, he, he wouldn't be in a rookie draft unless it's, if it's tight end premium, absolutely. He would be nearly the first pick, but I would say he would be top half. Um, if we're in a 12 team league, he'd probably be pretty safe in the top six or not, maybe not much higher than six. Um, definitely a first round pick. Um, cause I just, I feel like his value will be apparent pretty early on, um, being that how much he will be on the field. A second tight end is Luke Musgrave, who enters the NFL draft from Oregon State. 2022 season stats, 11 receptions, 169 yards, one touchdown at an average of 15.364. Just some notes on Luke. He brings a big athletic option in the passing game to an offense. Musgrave is is alignment fluid and versatile. So um, if your offense wants to place him in line as a traditional wide tight end or split him into the slot, he can operate both well. As a pass catcher, Musgrave has secure and reliable hands and tracks the ball well and attacks it at the highest point. He is an adequate route runner. Um, He's at his best threatening vertically up the seams or across the field on vendors, over routes, Um, If unimpeded, Musgrave's speed can become a problem for linebackers. In the run game, he is a competitive blocker that gives maximum effort. Musgrave is more of a wall-off and seal blocker than a displacer. So essentially in your run concept, outside zone, he would be really good at that because you'll find and seal the edge. So your running back can hit the edge and go up the up the sideline in terms of a displacer he's not going to be good in terms of inside zone necessarily or um in a power concept where you've really got to move the defenders off their line um he does a good job of using defenders momentum against them to cut them off from the ball carrier as a result he sells blocks well on a tight end leaky or delay calls sorry tight end leak or delay calls um allowing him to sneak past second and even third level defenders downfield. So that's where um, where we're talking about Mayer, that he is a threat no matter what scheme he's in. So um, he could line up as a blocker and then immediately become a, a dump off or an over the middle um, option when, when the, um, if the play breaks down. Um, so he could be like a second or third read. Um, Musgrave is a tremendous athlete and should test well this draft season. I do not see an overly explosive player on the field. He gallops and needs free releases to hit that top gear. Um, and we know obviously playing in the NFL, he's not going to have as much open space. The defenders do like, and particularly if it's, um, if the defense presses well, um, that's where, uh, a player with his skill set will struggle. Uh, when faced with physical coverage and resistance, Musgrave struggled to create separation on his routes. He does not play through contact well uh, enough during his route stems. So there's obviously some areas of concern um, with Musgrave as a prospect. So um, 
just a couple of things to look for there. So reasons to buy in, an exciting blend of size and athleticism, developmental upside, seam and red zone threat. So um, I don't have a comparison for him, but to me, he seems almost like a Mike Gusecki. So um, not great in the run game. Um, Mike was near useless for, um, for those Dolphins fans, me being one. Um, but excellent threat in the passing game. Uh, limited product. So reasons for concern, limited production and starts only 13 play strength and separation. So obviously you'd like him to be able to be a little bit more physical, um, to be an every down player. So I'd see him more, he'll have to work his way into an offense. Um, and he won't be on the field for every snap, just being that there's a lot of holes in his game. Um, and if you've got a, an, uh, an overly, uh, it's a bad way to put it, but overly air raid system, um, I don't see him being as productive there. He's really going to find uh, his place more as a tight end two and a complementary option. Um, and and you want him to almost have an experienced quarterback to, to make use of his skills. Ideal role inline or wide tight end and scheme fit, run-oriented with the play-action pass. So that'll allow him time to be able to um, execute his routes and to find space because if it's um, quick hits and that sort of thing, as as we looked at just before, he, that's that's not his game. Um, so, yeah, so interesting prospect. I don't see him necessarily as a first-round prospect. I just don't think he's going to have the usage based on his skill set. He would need... I would think he will probably follow the traditional tight end um, learning curve. So this might be a sort of two to three year investment. Um, not necessarily a bad thing, but if you need immediate tight end play, I don't think this is going to be your tight end. Uh, this is more of a, if you have an aging tight end. So uh, like if you had Kelsey or um, Kittle, Andrews, um, any of those sort of, I like Evan Engram um, is another one. So any of those guys, this would be one, a player that you could slot in behind them to give him time to develop. Um, if he works his way into a really good starting role and you can use him, great. But he may just end up being a really good trade, trade candidate down the track. Um, so yeah, so interesting prospect, but Definitely need to temper expectations when it comes to Musgrave. Our final draft candidate for the 2023 NFL draft for the tight end position is Darnell Washington, tight end out of Georgia. He finished the 2022 season with 28 receptions, 454 yards, two touchdowns at an average of 16.214. This is a really, really different candidate to the last two that we looked at. Um, Some important notes on him. Um, Since enrolling at Georgia, he's been a rotational starter in their offense. Uh, He received the majority of his snaps in their 12 personnel or two tight end packages. Washington's most appealing skill set is his ability as a blocker, whether drive blocking in the run game or chipping in the pass game. Washington's present is felt he can drive defenders off the ball vertically and wash them down the line of scrimmage. This is particularly interesting because Washington played both tight end and defensive end at high school. So 
um, you, you can see straight away that his skill set and background um, uh, are leading him to be really effective in the run game as opposed to the other two candidates that sort of specialise more on, I guess, the, the receiving side of their position. Um, Washington's going to have a very different value. Um, not that he won't have receiver value. Um, important note here, as a receiver, Washington's value will be up the seams vertically, quick hook, quick curls, hooks, and in breakers versus zone. Um, he's got a really big frame, so he'll be hard to bring down in one-on-one situations. So um, if he does get sort of that quick pass, quick slant, whatever, um, linebackers are still going to have a, have a, a job to do to bring him down one-on-one. Um, so this, there's, there's a, without having explosive speed, which unfortunately he doesn't have, um, he will still, he's still, still a chance he'll get some, some decent yak. Um, his size and frame, while his size and frame are positives, um, there are some natural disadvantages though as well. As a run blocker, Washington does not consistently get his feet underneath him to properly drive defenders off the ball with good leverage. Due to his frame, it is difficult for him to be the lowest man in those sequences. So you think pad level, um, that's going to be tricky for him being so so big. Um, while he's athletic for his size, he's not an overly explosive player. So um, he he should be viewed as an he should not be viewed as a natural separator versus tight man coverage, um, and he doesn't break in and out of his routes with optimal fluidity. So. Um, where you'd be looking at he projects more as an inline traditional Y tight end. So he's on the end of the line of scrimmage, um, just outside the tackle. Um, he's, I think his main asset is definitely in the run game. Um, and he works in, in both sort of both gap and zone blocking schemes. Um, he does possess upside as a pass catcher, but he's going to be more, sort of settle into a soft zone, um, good around the, um, good in the red zone. Um, but that's obviously capped as well. So unlike, uh, Michael Mayer, who is, who can fit into any scheme whatsoever, and he's going to be versatile and he will find a way to be valuable. Um, Washington like Musgrave are going to have to have a pretty good situation. Um, He's definitely a zone beater, um, and he has the potential to develop into a reliable passing option and a tight end one for an offense, but a tight end two at worst. So he is going to have value, but you just want him to land in a good spot. For me, somewhere like Cleveland would be a really, really top place for him to go um, just because of how heavy their their run packages are. Um, and and there's, you, you would think, Watson's going to get back to what he was pre um, all the dramas off the field. So uh, that would be a really good out, um, outcome for him to, to have a, a, a good quarterback, a great running scheme, um, and just somewhere where he can settle in and do what he does best. So reasons to buy in, um, as we touched on, blocking, outstanding height and weight combination, pass catching upside. Um, reasons for concern, labored out of breaks, lack of production and separation. So again, he's just not explosive. 
Um, his ideal role is a starting tight end. So um, he's being seen as he, he can, particularly because he can run block so well, he will have value early downs. Um, you just hope that, again, he can settle into that um, that outlet pass catching role um, and they'll find a way to use him. And his scheme fit is run oriented with a heavy play action. So again, it's um, so he's not getting that tight press man. Um, if they're playing zone, he'll, he'll obviously have more value there. Um, similar to Musgrave, for me, he's not a he's not a first round pick uh, in a in a twelve team league. I would have him sort of middle to back end of the second round. And again, you, if you were really tight end needy, he would sit behind ideally a um, a starting tight end, and you'd want him to develop into that. So. You're not looking to invest in him heavily to start now. He might be a two or three year project. So um, he's in the same bucket for me as Musgrave, but just a very different type of tight end. So um, his fantasy production will probably be pretty capped um, depending on what offense he ends up on. Um, So that pretty much wraps us up for the draft prospect deep dive. Um, I hope you found this valuable. Uh, it was really cool to look through some of this stuff because it's not stuff that I personally know. Um, and to have it all in one location through the draft network was massively helpful. So for those of you that are listening that haven't jumped on and had a look, highly recommend it before um, the NFL draft kicks off because you get a lot of sort of deeper info that um, potentially some of the platforms won't touch on in their breakdown of these guys. So, um, and the scouts that are looking at these players are specifically looking at them and they've been looking at them across um, sort of their background plus this season. So you're getting a really good breakdown. Um, Looking into the next couple of episodes, we will look at a mock draft coming up um, and just start having a look at where players are fitting in post combine. Um, I don't put a lot of weight into the combine itself because it's more, it's more just uh, for the the highly athletic players and the players that aren't necessarily going to be first rounders. I, I see that as more, this is more for them to help boost their draft stock. The, the guys that are, are going to be first round picks are already done. Um, so, yeah, so we'll have a look at a couple of mock drafts, see where players are landing. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty keen to get the... Aussie NFL fantasy show guys, Maddie, Manjot, and Taylor, um, as well as catch up with Ian um, from G'day Gridiron, just to get their takes on on the rookies coming through and any um, any background info anyone they're looking at um, at this time of year. So be good to catch up with them, um, see how their off season's going. Um, but in the meantime, thanks for tuning in. And as always, any questions or anything, please feel free to reach out to me on Twitter and Instagram at NoHuddleDynasty. Until next time, thanks.